Greg, thank you for coming. Ryan, thank you for the opportunity. Cheers. Cheers. We should have had Grace too. I just thought about it. Like, should have had both of you. Yeah, she's a, uh, she's a busy lady. Yeah. She isn't even home from work yet. The both of you are busy. Yeah, yeah. You inspire me. You know, it's a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning. I'm coming over to Port Coffee there in Bayhead, and I'm going, man, this guy's working as a doc all week long. You're doing some real estate ventures on the side. Grace as well, working as a doc and running the coffee shop as well as you guys do the farm markets and brick. Um, how do you do it all? It's a big learning experience. Uh, we've, first and foremost, um, the farm market was our baby. Um, when we started getting involved with coffee, um, we went to the farm market, saw that there was a niche um, missing with regards to coffee. And we go, we, we're at the Brick Farm Market uh, at Windward Beach in uh, Bricktown off of Princeton Avenue, um, May through September. And we saw that there was a niche and we went for it, not knowing where the business, what, how the business was gonna grow or not grow or whatever. And we went and our first summer was good. You were, were, you were probably pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. We were- Get some heat on you, you look cold over there. We, you know, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, so we, we learned about the coffee business and we learned about roasting and we learned about people and interactions with people and how important it is to develop a business grassroots style. And I always reference the farm market as grassroots and, if, and I always say to people, if you have a proof of concept, if you think you have an idea, the best place to take it is a farm market because you are going to know within a few months whether your concept is good, very good, and the people are dead honest. Mm -hmm. And your overhead and costs are minimal to take that business and make it a reality. It's just like pop-up concept. Exactly it's right. It's like a, a, a mall, you know, say Puma brings in a, a quick thrown up basic frame store and they're like, hey, we'll just test this market during the holiday season. But Puma, obviously, a large corporation. Mom and pop in today's world is almost gone. Mom and pop post COVID, if anybody who survived COVID as a mom and pop, support them, raise, raise a glass, because for those folks, it was never easy to get through. Um, whether they were getting you know, uh, the PPP, the loans, the government loans, whatever to get them safely through, uh, Mom and pop in today's world is, um, it's almost non-existent. Yeah, I think it's coming back though. I hope. I hope people, for me, I hope people see, the, see how hard individuals work to create the businesses that they own to support their community. Um, I think leaders in this country who love this country like a Jocko Willink, he was recently on Rogan's podcast and he was talking about 
um, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this correctly. Evan, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's Origin is his company. They make boots, supplements, all types of stuff, and they're bringing back old machines that were in old American manufacturing. And these guys are leading, and he's like, in five, ten years, if none of these companies bring back cell phones, I'm going to do that too. So I think people aren't just talking. I think they're taking ownership, and that's what I'm trying to do here with with this podcast and uh, spotlighting guys like you and people like your wife, Grace, who are bringing these small businesses to the community, um, which also helps the gentleman who owns the building that you rent from, and then it's a ripple effect, Absolutely. all positive throughout the community. Absolutely. So how did you ever get into coffee, right? Because your beans are, are, are pretty, you know, I, I may be incorrect in saying this, but they're pretty unique where you get them and how you get them. Then you have that really expensive machine in the front of the shop that you actually sit there and roast all the beans. You know, you're, people don't realize you're out there at midnight doing it sometimes. Absolutely. What, what was your love for that? So, Port Coffee Roasters began in 2016. Um, my son Trevor came to the house on a Sunday night with a friend of his who went to school in Philadelphia, um, showed up at our house with these devices and freshly roasted beans. I said, try it. I said, listen, I sleep like four hours, five hours a night. I don't need to be up all night. I said, just try it. I tried it and I was a tea drinker prior and when I tasted, you know, single origin coffee, it was... Now, what does that mean, single origin? So single, I don't even know. Yeah, so single origin coffees are coffees from particular countries, but particular estates, and, and, and it could be particular beans. Um, there are a wide variety of uh, types of coffee beans. Some can be grown, the s different beans grown on the same farm, harvested all together. Um, but single origin, um, generally is from a particular country, a particular state, or a particular farm. And um, that's our, our niche is we, we do our best to source uh, fair trade, organic fair, or organic beans is our niche. That's what we really try to hone in on for our, for our clients. Um, our, our motto is think globally, roast locally. Um, we try to minimize our carbon footprint, as everyone should be doing today. Um, our, our beans, our grinds, um, from our, our, our... Let me stop our, you real quick. What, what do you mean reduce your carbon footprint? Is coffee putting out a lot of carbon in So your roasting, your roasting process uh, emits um, ex, you know, CO2 gases into the environment. Um, it wasn't required by the state or the local municipality for me to put an afterburner in. We put it in because it's 97% clean emissions. So when I'm roasting, um, if I choose to allow exhaust to go out, I could. Or while turning the afterburner on, nobody knows that I'm roasting. Maybe a slight, slight odor in the air, but very little. Mm. And, and that's something that was important to you guys. Very much, yeah. very much. I don't know how to feel about carbon and, and, and all this stuff in regards to, you know, climate change and all these things because I've read a couple books with smart guys and they, they take this data 
and I'm not looking you know, to be combative, but they take this data and they go, this is the same exact data, and I prove this point with a scientist, and then I take that same exact data, and I prove the number. It's the same thing if I just want to manipulate an Excel spreadsheet to make it tell you a different story. So I never know how to feel. It's not factual for me, just black and white. So for me, it wasn't an issue of global warming or utilizing or trying to say that uh, we're reducing our carbon footprint because of global warming. We, we think globally, meaning, yeah, we want to minimize how much waste goes into our, our um, uh, landfills and so forth. Our grinds are used by uh, local people for their gardens, um, as well as farmers um, to um, put in their fields and their gardens and Any so quick forth. Farmers, you want to shout out locally that are using it, or so we do. We collaborate with Last Wave Brewery um, on projects of different types of beers with coffees, um, and uh, that's a big shout out for us. They're a great, great small microbrewery located in Point Pleasant Beach. I was uh, going to wear their hat tonight actually because it matched my flannel. <laughs> on, a, on another note, uh, no. <laughs> so, so um, they have a farmer who takes all their grains from uh, their, their boiling pot that they use to make beer, uh, and he uses that to feed his, his animals. He takes our grinds for his gardens. So it's a really, really good relationship there. Um, to get back to the afterburner, um, it wasn't, an, it wasn't a thought process of as much the environment. It's being conscientious of your neighbors. Mm. You know, we're in, a, we're in a very unique location. Yeah, the houses um, are tight there. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that if there was 20 people who loved the smell of roasted coffee, there may be one that didn't like the smell. And it's the one person can really create more problem than the 20 people that like it. Mm -hmm. So it's best that we were conscientious with regards to. Totally. I'm always curious what people think about that. Yeah. You know, like the carbon footprint and, and all that stuff, but that explanation totally makes sense to yeah. me. Yeah, landfill and neighbors were our biggest concern. And of course, you know, um, you know, whether there are those out there who believe in, you know, global warming or not believe in global warming, it wasn't on our, that was not the rate, that was not what was on our radar. Mm -hmm. um, it was more the, the neighbors. Yeah, again, I, I wasn't trying to put you in a, a situation there. I, nope. I just am always curious because, again, I don't know what to believe. I'm not a scientist. I, I don't know. Right. Um, so I'm always interested. Yeah. Um, so I, I, as we move along, and I want to get back to Port Coffee because I think your coffee is great. Thank you. And DV Tree, Malin and Joe, you and I, you know, talk about them as well. Um, you're not somebody who's looking to hinder anybody else's business. You're a guy who actually thinks you can all collectively work together and bring different things to the table. And I, I like that about you and Grace. Yeah, there's, listen, um, we're surrounded by other coffee shops. Um, we've carved a niche um, for ourselves. Um, we always, you know, um, we're, we have, Divi does a great job. I, I've never met um, Joe or Malin. They're awesome people. Um, they've if got you a haven't great, seen their podcast, you need to watch it. And they've not, I, I, they have a great product. Um, I, I don't, I think what they, they're two young kids who, you know, in my shop I have a, I have a, a quote, and it's the man in the arena. 
And I think every person should have that quote somewhere in their home, in their business. And it's not, it's easy to be the critic, but if you've never stepped into the arena and tried something, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. And I give them a ton of credit. Uh, I think they, they went for it and they're doing a great job. Yeah, and, they're winning, definitely. And their community supports them, mm-hmm. which I think is most important. Yeah, and they support their community too, yeah. which is very similar to, to you and Grace, which you know, just lobs me into the next step. You know, there's a lot of things that you, know, you and I have talked about in private. I could tell that you and your wife and your family are very giving. Um, and we don't have to go into detail, um, but there's people in the area who have had hardships, whether it be in their health or, or other things, and mm-hmm. you have kind of stepped up, whether they've asked for it or not, whether they knew it was you or not. Um, you guys have, have came to their aid, and uh, that's another reason I, I love supporting you guys besides having awesome coffee. Thank you. Um, you know, what, what, what drives you guys to do that? Um, we're blessed. You know, I've been working since I'm eight years old and nothing's ever been handed to myself or Grace. Everything we've done, we've worked for for it. Um, we've been put into very good situations, um, whether it's my day job, whether it's, you know, building, whether it's coffee and we always say it's, you know, what you give comes back. All day. All day. And it has certainly, that has certainly happened. Um, you know, whether it's local stuff for the high schools, um, charity events, um, we've only been in a brick and mortar since um, May of this year. Um, but many of the local uh, high schools have come to us and we've we've shown them a little love yeah and that's awesome we're grateful you know we didn't know what to expect moving forward after the summer what was you know would the communities it was a busy summer over there you guys had a great little yeah, vibe going yeah it was we're we're grateful we really we never knew where this whole thing was going to go and um here we are today and we're still open. We're open, our winter hours are Thursday through Sunday. Um, and the local community has, has supported us. And we're, we didn't know what to expect. You know, it was- I think your biggest supporter is Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones, <laughs> Bobby Jones is, uh, we're great. We're tremendously grateful to him, to Curb and Go. Yeah, um, Curb and Go is a cool platform that more people need to get dialed into. Let me tell you, Bobby Jones. Um, that guy's a winner. A winner. Yeah. From day one, when. And he's the, not shy about it either, which I love about him. He he does not boast, but he is he is on point with what he's doing. There is no question. Um, I have to. I give the. I give them, Curb and Go, his team. A lot of, a lot of credit. What they did for us after the summer, um, they redid our entire website literally in a day. Yeah, They're they got pro- like some geniuses working with them. I know. We, I, I don't know the techie world, but. Um, 
it's a... Explain what Curb and Go is real quick to you as a, as a business owner and how it benefits you. So Curb and Go is a app platform that people can order and pick up their drinks, so forth, would be completed, placed, name on it, they walk in, walk out. Um, the benefit to Curb and Go, it, to the business owner, is with other apps, the business owner is getting the fee. Curb and Go decided, let's make a convenience fee. People want convenience and they're willing to pay for it if it's fair. Mm -hmm. And Curb and Go's uh, convenience fee is beyond fair. They're, they're looking, in my, I've looked at it pretty in depth with Bobby and I think what they're looking to do is, is not get wealthy or rich right now. They're looking to build relationships and truly help people and communities. And they'll win tenfold in the long haul because of that, which I also think, you know, Bobby being a smart guy also recognizes that. For sure. And I, as I say, even, you know, the build out of Port Coffee was not inexpensive. Um, I, and people say, wow, you know, friends commented, you know, wow, you really, I said, yeah, we, we this isn't about the sprint. It's about the marathon. It's about providing. Build it once, build it right. And exactly right. And if you're going to do it, you do it right. Mm -hmm. And no matter what I do in life, that's something I learned from my from my dad. Is um, if you're going to do something, you do it right, and you do it to completion. Um, never quit. Um, determination. Um, being successful. I always say you don't need you don't need a college education. You just need to have the drive, the heart, and the determination to be successful. I mean, I don't know if you're aware, but I, I was kicked out of high school and then, you know, went back and got a GED and you know got a bunch of designations and you know continuing education within my industry. Um, but I wasn't a college guy. I'm I'm not an advocate of college. Cheers. Uh, yeah, um, I think it's not for everybody. Um, you are a doctor, which I, I want to get to. Um, Grace is also a doctor. Uh, She's a nurse practitioner. Nurse practitioner, um, pretty much a doctor. Yeah. Um, you guys have you know done the whole college thing. You have your medical degrees, but something I wanted to touch on in regards to your upbringing, your dad rooting that hard work in you, right? And and my dad, as much as he frustrates me, I don't know if he watches these things. My dad was a grinder. He delivered oil all day long in the cold or the heat. He then would go at night to clean offices. He then would work on the side on the weekend to deliver, you know, hardscape stuff, rocks for uh, Thomas Farrell's up in Shrewsbury. Mm -hmm. So that work, work ethic was driven into me. You were a bartender. Yeah. While you were a doctor. Yeah. And, and, and I get the perception, not that we need to go into your personal life, but I don't think you needed the money. And... Uh, what, what drove you to do that? Was it these other goals you had outside of your practice? Was it to get into real estate, which we'll touch on? Was it to get into the, the coffee? What was driving you to do that? So um, I had, growing up there's four of us, four brothers. Um, my, I, two older brothers, the difference in age was six years uh, from myself to the, the, the next older brother. Um, they had difficulties going 
growing up, the two older ones. I think my drive came from... What do you mean by difficulties? Was it their personal difficulties or family infrastructure um, difficulties? Their, per, their personal difficulties. Mm -hmm. They weren't students. Um, and But they just... Similar, my brother didn't graduate, the, the second brother didn't graduate high school, GED. Uh, worked very, worked with his hands. Never took care of himself, a lot of issues. My oldest brother, similar. Um, uh, great jobs, but couldn't keep them uh, for whatever the reasons were. Uh, and then, um, unfortunately, passed away a few years ago. Sorry um, to hear that. Yeah, and uh, you know, it was, there was a lot of turmoil between my parents and uh, my older brothers. Um, Siblings having problems in the household where the parents have to put their emphasis and focus on one to try to help them. Yeah. Leaves the others kind of feeling like, oh, where am I going? But they weren't worried about you. Correct. I fully understand that. Totally. Um, we were like two separate families in a way. Yeah, I get it. Um, but, you know, underneath the same roof. So we saw a lot of, you know, crazy stuff with my two older brothers. But, um, you know, it... It, it kind of made me say, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, as when I was younger, I like literally third grade, I started beekeeping. Um, it interests me. So mm -hmm. I get like, I got involved in it. I still beekeep today. Um, is that honey in your store from you? Yeah. It is yours. Yeah. And what's the name of that? Is that a separate LLC or? No, it's just, we just, we just incorporate it right in with... Yeah, uh, I have to try your honey. Yeah. It's, um, so, for, for me, my drive um, was to... My dad was an automobile mechanic. And, you know, it, mom raised four kids. And, you know, I just remember my dad working. He'd get paid on a Thursday, Friday morning. There would be $60 on the table for my mom to go grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. And that's back in the day. My mom made it work. So, Crazy. you know, mom and dad made it work. They made it work. And I always gave them, you know, my dad a ton of credit and my mom a ton of credit because um, I was fortunate enough that they made a wise investment. They bought a little bungalow down in, down in Point Pleasant Beach and, and they rented it out during the summers. Where are you from originally? North Jersey in a little town called Marcella. It's in uh, Rockaway Township. Never even heard of it. It's so crazy. I'm, oh, and I've been all over the state in my world. Yeah. You, you discover new towns all the time. Yeah, we grew up in the country. Um, we were, uh, you know, well water, um, you know, septic system, you know, uh, lived on top of a mountain. And uh, um, See, know, I'm we, seeing something right now. We deer hunted. We, you know... Uh, Small game hunt. We we raised beagles. Um, you know, yeah. See, was, yeah, but I'm saying that like that. You know, your parents, to their credit, raised four kids, grinding in middle class America. A hundred percent. Right. But there was a driving factor in you that you didn't actually want to kill yourself, or break your back the way that they did, in regards to trading their time for money. Right. Oh. You wanted you wanted more more appreciation you wanted more margin on your time that you were going to put in but you still work just as hard as they do <laughs> and and that's something i see in myself all the time like i still grind like i could stop at four o'clock if i needed to i could not work for a month if i wanted to or two so i think what coffee 
did for me, um, it made me realize that um, you can have a job that you like to go to every day. Mm. Now think about that. How many people work a job because they have to work that job and they don't like working that job? I would say the percentage is 85. I was going to say 75. Yeah, close. Um, coming in contact with coffee, roasting coffee, learning coffee. I always say coffee is the mic coffee roasting is the microbrewery of 20 years ago. It's we're just scratching the surface. Mm. Some of the things that we do, um, the collaborations with um, yeah, where, where Garden are, State Distillery. Uh, we're going to be doing. Where um, are they at? Where are they located? They're located in Tom's River. Tom's River. We do. We collaborate with Tom's River Brewing, which is on Route 37 in in Tom's River. And most importantly, we, we collaborate with Last Wave Brewery. Local, Point Beach. Point right Beach. Right on Bay Ave. Correct. And right up the road. Right up the road. And what we're doing with them is we're mixing um, some different types of malts and different types of hops with coffee to create a cold brew. Um, a lot of things that are, you know, we're capable of doing. A lot of things that are brewing. A lot of things that are brewing. <laughs> no pun intended. None, none at all. <laughs> but yeah, we're grateful. We're humbled. Um, and where we're going, um, nobody knows, um, but uh, it's, so far the ride has been pretty good. All right, Greg, jumping back in. It's always good to get a nice bourbon break. I agree. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having a bourbon with me. You bet. Some people get nervous with the bourbon. Nah. It's too tough on their throat. Nah, not me. So quickly, I want to talk about your real estate business. Sure. So again, bartending, own a coffee shop, dad, husband, Doctor, real estate. So I just want to comment. You brought up bartending. Um, I give kudos to uh, Linda and Brian DeDrew. Um, that's who I worked for at the Broadway Bar and Grill. Worked there from 1991 to 2006. Um, towards the end, it was just literally one day a week, just as a, a change of pace. Um, I always say to Linda, um, it was the best education I ever had that I didn't have to pay for. Dealing with people. Yeah, dealing with people. Um, As a doctor, you had that with your bedside manner. You had to learn. Yeah, there was there was also the fact that it, the Broadway was a very unique bar, kind of a bar. Open 365 days a year, from Which seven. Which is awesome. Seven it. seven in the morning to two in the morning. Um, you had the likes of the multimillionaire coming in to the guy who couldn't afford his next beer. It taught me a lot about people that helped tremendously in my career moving forward no matter what it was also um, while I was working there I started um, a fish um, wholesaling fish into New York City and exporting fish into Japan did that for a, a bunch of years um, and that allowed me to pay for my Medical education allowed me to buy my first house, um, but that would never have happened unless it was for the for the Broadway for Brian and, and Linda. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Another local Point Pleasant, Point Pleasant Beach, Beach business. Yeah. Point awesome. is such a such a cool town. I'm I'm on this coaching group, Lions Den, 
uh, based out of Utah, the guy Sean Whalen, um, all about freedom, all about business, all about being vulnerable and being real and growth, personal development. And um, he talks all the time about, you know, this town and this stuff and this stuff. And I'm always like, yo, guys, listen, Point Pleasant is like a hidden gem. Unfortunately, we're in this, you know, communist state lately um, <laughs> from, a, from a political standpoint. But Point Pleasant, Point Pleasant Beach, what, what, what great town. So unique. You couldn't drag me away. Yeah, I know. And obviously you left away. the farmland to come here, and, and now you have stayed. Yeah. So, it, so let's jump into real estate. Sure. You're a doctor. You're doing beans. Why real estate? I think diversification is very, very important. Um, I think whether it's construction, whether it's rental property, whether it's uh, building for other people, I think being diversified is so important. And because of risk, because of multitude of factors, tax, this, like what, what was in your mind when you were making these decisions? So there's, you know, there's not a lot of places you can invest in. Yeah, there's the, there's the stock market. That's intangible items. But I think it's important that you have tangible items um, in your portfolio. Um, things that will always be there. Um, hard assets. Hard assets. Um, I think that should be part of your portfolio. Um, you know. What have you done with real estate thus far? Has it been hold and rent? Has it been flips? Has it been new builds? Tell so, us a little bit. So I've been buying and selling houses on my own since 2001. In 2012, when Sandy hit, I was just finishing renovating and putting an addition on the house that I currently live in. Sandy comes through and my son was playing soccer and one of the folks who lives in a nearby town home got destroyed. I'm working on my house and he shows up and he says, tears in his eyes, says, you have to help me. I don't have any money or very little. You need to help me keep my family together. What do you say to someone who says that to you? You know, like, <laughs> how am I going to? Unless you're I... just a cold, cold soul, <laughs> like you say, okay. So I looked at him and I said, listen, what I do, I do for myself. I'm not a business. I said, uh, but I can help you, um, but you're going to have to pull your own permits, which you're allowed to do. And he did it. And you got to burn on you. Or you yeah. Got to it off. And he did it. Pulled the permits. I helped him pull the permits. We put his first floor back together and kept his family uh, back into his house in three months. Well, that, as we said earlier, what you do comes back to you tenfold. It spiraled for me. I had to create an, an LLC. So we created Maziano Project Management, uh, Maziano Construction, and 
started putting homes back together. And homes back together after fires, after, floods, after Sandy, after and Sandy, raising houses, renovating houses, and it just kept on going. We're still going strong today. Um, unbeknownst to me, I never, it, it was not on my radar. It was something that we started. Um, I figured a couple of years, okay, it'll be over. Nope, kept on going. Then, you, you know, as as our assets built in the, the company, we then were able to purchase homes under the, under the company, renovate, flip, and we've done that a few times. Um, you flipped something recently right before COVID in Bayhead, right? Correct, yeah. Up on East Ave, that, that's, that's not an easy ticket item. No, it, it's not. Um, knock on wood, it was successful, but, uh, you know, and it was actually on Maine. It was, uh, not oh, it's on, on Maine? I'm sorry, Maine. Yeah. yeah, Maine. Um, but it was, uh, it, it was. Which it was, one on Maine was it? Now I think I know which house it was. 659. Is that, so the new. It's on, it's on the east side of, uh, of Maine Avenue and Bayhead. Nice. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was a. It was a nice project, uh, but real estate, tangible, hard assets, I think, you know, is important. I think rental properties are good. It's important to have. Um, do you have any rentals? I do. I do. Um, is it multifamily or single family? Single family. Yeah, I'm not. We had a guy on prior to you last week um, from Valerio Properties. He was talking about how he deleveraged himself in the single family space because they're the most risk. What do you think about that? Um, it depends. Uh, COVID has certainly put constraints on any person who had rental properties where people were not paying, paying their rent. Um, whether they could have or not, some decided not to. Um, you know, for me that, uh, fortunate enough that that wasn't me and going from multifamily to single family, um, unless it's a tax issue, um, I'm not really sure, um, why that would be, a uh, an issue. Um, for him, I think it was the risk of, you know, you got to go in, you got to renovate it, get someone in there. They may crush it. You got to go in, repaint do some stuff, this tenant can come out, you now lose three months, you gotta get another tenant in. That compounds over years. Um, you know, I don't wanna speak for him. Yeah, why sure. Why he think it was the biggest risk. I, but. I just think, I think, you know. Someone else is paying down your assets, so. I, I who's think, mad at that? Right, I mean, I think it's, listen, treat people the way they wanna be treated, right? No matter who it is, whatever their social economic situation is, Everyone wants to be treated fair, and everyone wants to be treated, you know, well. Um, you know, I might be a little different with regards to tenants, and you know, uh, how I look at them, and you know, I try to make them like as if they're my family. You know, I had a phone call with a guy tonight. I, I will not divulge his name because he may become a client on the other end of what I do. Um, but he told me two scenarios where he helped his renters build their credit to move into buying the properties, which he could have been, it would have been so much more advantageous to him to list it because of the current market. Um, but he helped them get in and buy that because they were 
loyal renters for all those years. So I, I see you as being one of those guys. Listen, in the end of the day, I had a patient 93, 94 years old, extremely wealthy, never enjoyed life. All he did was work. And he said to me, Hudson's visiting the set. Hey, Hudson. He said to me, have you ever seen a hearse being pulled by a Brinks truck or a hearse pulling a Brinks truck? And I looked at him and he goes, mine will be the first. I've never enjoyed anything that I've worked for. And I've always remembered that. And the other two things was another patient who said, am I living to exist or am I existing to live? She was 90 years old. Her mind was perfect. Sharp as a tack. Sharp as a tack. Kelly's body, grandma told me one time, she goes, Ryan, I got my eye on you. She goes, my skin may sag, but my brain doesn't. Great one. That's great. <laughs> I said, Graham, I'm not trying to deceive you. Or your daughter. Or your granddaughter. <laughs> I'm the realest guy you know in this room. <laughs> right. And then the other one is in Jimmy Buffett's song where he says, you know, um, uh, I want to die while I'm living, then live while I'm dead. Mm -hmm. You know, life goes by pretty fast. Um, I, my, my son is 18 years old. I remember when he was born. He's now in college. Um, and it looks, it's a blink. It's a blink. I feel like we're rehearsing this before because you're totally throwing me another softball onto my next topic. I just <laughs> humanity. Listen, man, I can talk to anybody. I could be in a room with nobody I know and I could have a conversation. It's who I am. The people in the coffee shop, they walk through the front door. It's welcome, welcome to Port Coffee. Um, and when they walk out, the last thing I say to them, thanks for, thanks for making us part of your day. I had a gentleman walk up to me in the summertime. He says, that's the reason. Yeah. That's the reason. I had same, same between you and Grace both. And Grace, I harassed over the mask a little bit. You sure did. And, and because I just don't believe in it. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a freedom fighter. Call me whatever you want to call me. Uh, but um, I loved you guys. And you guys were real people and you were genuine. And your interest in our conversations that we had. And you and I had a conversation about PPP. People, processes, product. And although your product can go in the front of it because it is a great cup of coffee, just like I bust on Joe and Malin, which have, they have great coffee as well. They have all different types of blends. They have all, you know, a couple different cold brews now. I'm a cold brew snob. And just like as somebody who drinks on the regular, I'm not somebody who's an alcoholic, but I change what I like to drink with the season. Right. Whether that's in my mind or it's the weather or whatever it may be, the same thing with my coffee. And you guys have an excellent cup of coffee, but I think you cared more so about the people, and I, I recognize that quickly. Listen, without people walking through your front door, without people liking your product, people process is important. And I think we have a pretty decent product. From day one, you always said, your cold brew and it's good it's very good we i know you strided to perfect yeah, that we we really i give it i give a lot of credit to my wife um we she's got a tremendous palate um 
I'm more the roasting end of things. I want to make sure those beans are done right um, each and every time. She's the one who puts the blends together. Um, she is truly the coffee person. Like I said, I was a tea drinker yeah. you know, six years ago before we started. Your business mind jumped on it. You were like, whoa. A hundred percent. You were like, oh. I will on. tell you, there's no question. Um, I bought the first roaster, a one kilo roaster, after that Sunday. I, went, I jumped online and I started. What's that cost, Steve? I don't even know. The initial roaster was um, uh, six grand. And I hunted, found, did, got it, shipped, whatever, started the whole thing. It makes a difference. Shout out to Madison Goldberg and, and, and Rob, her husband now, Kelly's good friend, you know, one of her best friends. They were kind enough to invite us out to her uncle's house, Warren um, Lichtenstein, I think his last name is, super successful hedge fund guy. And uh, go to his house, and it was, you know, dreamy. And we go downstairs, and he has this ridiculous coffee maker, and it, like, roasts the beans, and it, like, moves over here, and it can be espresso. Or... I felt it was the best coffee I ever had. Yeah. Maybe it was about the, the roasting of the beans. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't, uh, you know, savvy enough in coffee at that time. But Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. You know, the roast is important. It starts with the roast. Then it starts with the process of how you're going to make that cup of coffee, whether it's a pour-over, whether it's a French press, whether... Um, it's an espresso drink, you know, grinds and coffee, water temperatures. There's so much that's involved chemistry-wise with a cup of coffee. Um, I see you attack it with a doctor's mind, that yeah, scientific mind. I, I see you with your pour-overs, and I'm like, I want to smash these things off the counter because it's taking so long. You're right. It's just, uh, just how I'm built. Yes, and that's a fact. You think I'm, I'm joking, Evan? You think that's funny? I'm not Evan, kidding. It does. I say it takes, it to him. Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> said the other day, you have this lady patiently waiting behind me, and I'm like, I, I got no time for that pour over. <laughs> Listen. I want my first sip of coffee. Coffee's an experience. If you could understand how that, that bean, that green bean, got from that farm to my shop. Let's do a video on that. You should. You should. I should. There's no question. I'm you would, I will tell you. You will have an. You will look at coffee, not as what I need to get going in the morning, but as a true experience. A great example, and this may jive with people or it doesn't to your point, but let's just say, doing a, pro a project at your house. Okay. You're doing a project at your house. You visualize the front lawn with the the blocks around your your mailbox. You cut the lawn. You clear out that area. You build some blocks from Home Depot and you're done, you have a cold beer when you're done with that, the experience or that beer is one of the best beers that you'll have all year. A hundred percent. So uh, I can see as you drill down through where it comes from and understanding like wine or any good thing. Most of your coffee comes from third world countries. Whether people realize that or not. What do you think uh, about Starbucks? I give Starbucks a lot of credit. Howard or I give, who gets the credit? Yeah, I give, um, I give I give Howard a lot of credit, and reason being, he pitched and pitched and pitched and pitched, was told no, told no, told no. Yep, it's and the only reason I respect him. Well, you have to respect him because I don't respect the mask. Well, he's 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 playing a game. He's in a big he's in a big arena but take, now. Right, but take 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 that out. I of can't it. take mask out of it. It bothers me to the core. But look at the look at what he's built. Right, 
you have to give people credit of constantly being told no. No. Yeah, that's amazing. Have you read his book? No, I saw an interview with him. Yeah, you should read his book. It's 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 pretty impressive. Right. The pitches, the pitches, the pitches. Yeah, no question. Yeah. And to I bet the people that told him no wish they invested now. Of course they do. It's always everyone's a everyone's yeah. a critic. Everyone should be a man in the arena, right? Yep. It's you're the second guy today to talk about that post. Literally an estate attorney I talked to out in Pittsburgh. Excuse me, on Zoom today had that literally in his background. And then he made an Instagram story about the man in the arena. And we didn't even touch on it. I just saw it. So I need to get one of those plaques now. You, it, you will live your life. Listen, you're successful. You don't, you don't fear. Listen, you, you, earlier you used, whether we were on tape or not on tape, used the word vulnerable. Mm. Vulnerable is a great word. It's empowering. Empowering is right. Yeah. And the man in the arena, you are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. People don't realize that. You're exposed. You're exposed. Yeah. And to take the risk, you'll never be successful unless you take risk. And even if you fall down and someone picks you back up or you pick yourself back up, but you always have to try, always have to move forward. When we opened, my brother and I opened up our medical practice, we didn't have a single patient. And what's your medical practice name and where is it located? Just give you a little shout out. It's Achilles Foot and Ankle PA in Manahawk in New Jersey. Um, we opened up our practice uh, with cold. And we've been in practice for over 25 years. And, and easily a seven-figure practice. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Shout and out to you and your brother. Thank what's your brother's you. name? Jeff. Jeff, Dr. Jeff. Dr. Jeff, love you, man. You know, he, he's a, he's a, we're, we, we do a, we do a great job. We service our community well and fair. And I think. You give me some tips on my flat feet. Yeah, man. It's got bad dogs. Puppy's been good though. Yeah. Machine, dude. You can't stop these puppies. Listen, because <laughs> inside, no matter what, you're going to work right through, no matter what the pain uh, I'm is. I'm never scared. No, no, you're not scared. vulnerable. Uh, I am vulnerable. I, I actually, I, my story's coming on this show soon. All right. I'm, I'm going to pick someone to interview me and talk about my deepest insecurities, which I have Listen, had. Listen, I would love to interview you. Yeah. Maybe you're a guy in the running. I, don't I will, know I will peel back that onion layer. Don't yeah. you worry. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm unafraid. I, I put it out there piece by piece. Uh, and you shouldn't be. You should be proud of yourself. Yeah. No, I am. And Do you, uh, ever, do you ever sit back and look and say, my dad was a guy who delivered oil, cleaned office buildings, and look at where I am today. I never look at it that way. I look at it as, I'll tell you what, school drove a lot of my insecurities. Okay. Um, and I knew that my, my, my family was, you know, I was having like, you know, the fake basketball shoe. Why, you know, somebody else in my world was wearing the real thing. I always had something in me that, you know, that slightly made me insecure, but I was built for that shit. I don't, I don't care, right? I didn't care. What made me more insecure is that school tried to label me. They tried to say you had a disability by having ADHD, which I think gave me the ability to do what I'm doing today. I'm telling you, Fireside Chat is going to go fucking global. I, I am not joking. The people that are, that are interested in the show, the people that want to come on this show, 
There's people that try to play that they don't want to come on this show. Paul from Bubble Coos, I'm going to call you out. Like, it's, it's stupid, the traction that we're getting. It's because I'm being real. It's because I'm being vulnerable. And I'm yeah. showing people it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter the start to your story. It, matter, it matters the end of your story. But school put a, a, a chip on my shoulder, put me on the small bus. I got kicked out to an alternative program. And I wasn't someone that was trying to beat up on people. I, I wasn't disturbed emotionally or ang anger like that. I just, I'd be in class and Mr. McKnight, which I'm going to have on because I think it would be interesting. Um, I'd be like, Mr. McKnight, like, uh, I'm out. I'm over. I'm over this. Like, <laughs> I can't sit here anymore. I'd walk to the deli, have a pork leg and cheese and, and a Gatorade and come back an hour later. Like, that's just how I rolled. And I still roll that way in today's so, world. For me... I saw how hard my dad worked underneath a, an, you know, underneath a vehicle. I can tear apart a car. I don't have any issues with it. He taught us well. I saw that in my dad, but that was never the... His work ethic, like I said earlier, taught me work ethic. But I was never... I was never upset on, on how they did it. Maybe, I, maybe subconsciously I am. I don't know. So I lost my dad when he... At 66. He was 66 years old when he passed away on vacation in Lake Tahoe. He was... Great place. Yeah, man. Um, Dad you know, went out with a banger. Yeah, he did. And um, looking back, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, but it taught me... I, I, I wish he could be here today to see. Your success? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one thing... I always... Burns in you a little bit. Burns in me. Yeah. You know, and I had the opportunity just recently... I want um, all my haters to see my success. Exactly. I but, want all the people that said I couldn't do it right to see my success. And now I'll kiss them. I'll kiss them, I'll hug them, and I'll show them how I did it. No hate towards them. Right. Um, Joe Leone came into our shop. And for those who don't know who Joe Leone is, he's pretty much like an icon in Point Pleasant Beach. Joe's going to come on soon. He doesn't realize who I know who knows him, but we're going we're gonna to get him on here. So Joe came into the shop. He says, man, a lot of buzz on the street about your, about your shop. I said, Joe, can't, I, I, I can't thank you enough for coming in. He does that everywhere, just so you know. He's, he, he means that. Like, yeah. He know, he's one of those guys that understands the community builds within you building the community. He so, totally gets like, it. Like, when he, when he walked through the door... Uh, you know, it was like a, a God walking through the door, you know, like, what are you doing here? You know? Mm -hmm. And he said, people like you, I'll never forget it. He says, people like you don't fail. You don't fail. Yeah. You refuse to fail. You refuse to fail. Yeah, quitting isn't an option. Failing isn't an option. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you're a gritty guy. Yeah. You know, listen, I, as a young kid, you grew up on a farm <laughs> in the country Soccer player, hockey player, you get knocked down, you get back up, and you go. You know, you. Yeah, you still do hockey, right? And yeah, soccer. I still, yeah, I still do soccer. I don't do hockey. No. Nah. I'm 52 years old. I can. Joe does hockey over at DVG. Maybe you guys can have a little. Ah, you know, a little I didn't know goal. that. <laughs> I'll bring it Maybe on. You guys can get after it. All right. We'll see all right. Let's see what. Let's see what Ryan can put together here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about a guy like Joe. Great dude. Gives yep. back to the community. He's always showing love to all small businesses. So yeah. kudos to Joe. Yeah. That's humanity. Oh, yeah. 
And we can fight about right versus left, red versus blue. And, and I, I definitely lean conservative. Uh, I don't shy away from that. Uh, but I, I also have a lot of friends who think opposite of me. And, and we may get in little tiffs, mm-hmm. but I, I'm never hating them. And we can still go have a beer. We can still go you know, play a game of ball and hang out in my backyard at the pool. The divide within this country is, is bigger than ever. And I, I think it's an existential threat more so than it is an internal threat. But let, let's touch on, on that a little bit. Because I'm sure, you, you know, as a doctor, as a guy running the coffee shop, you're sitting there dealing with a ton of people every day. Every day. It's sad. I, I'll be honest with you. Ev, can you hit me with a little bit more bourbon? Please. Uh, Grab whatever you can inside. Which? Whatever one you pick in the cabinet. I think it's sad. I think we've lost humanity. I think. Why? Is it snowing, by the way? Or is that the ashes? It's I think the it's ash. Snowing. I think, no, I think it's snowing. It's coming really? from up there. <laughs> First fireside <laughs> chat with snow. With snow. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. So, I will. I, I'm, I'm really. I, I, listen, politics are politics. You know. And half of it's bullshit. And listen, whoever the president is, I always say, you know, I am. You know, I respect the man in his position. I may not agree with everything that he agrees upon, but I respect the man who's in, in that position. Not gonna, I'm not going to, I'm not a political guy. I'm not someone who's looking for, to run for town council or mayor of a town. That's not who I am. Most um, of those guys are, you know, I, I would say are frauds anyway. Well, whatever the case may be. You don't may, have to say it, I will. Yeah, whatever the, case, whatever the case may be. What saddens me the most is that we look at, we're, looking at, we're looking at everyone as red or blue, what media station they watch to determine whether they are red or blue. Or if I like them or not. Or if I like them or not. Yeah. Um, I think we've lost humanity. And you mentioned something something that I didn't think about until you said it was internally or externally. And I think, I think it's coming from, it's being pushed from an external point of view. What is? The lack of humanity. I think it's like like China. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's a, there's, people are trying to, divide us as a people and Mm -hmm. they're winning they're winning temporarily i hope i hope i mean i remember and you know when 9-11 happened people were so united but was 9-11 something that we did too i'm not saying okay (laughs) wait ryan (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we're saying, going here. We might let, right. So listen, we're not we're not going to diagnose or, or 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 surgically, you know, cut down the layers here. But I'm just saying, you know, 9/11 could have been something that was done by our country and and existential threats together, CIA, whatever it may be. They're going to come for me and be mad this, at my This this might returns. be some uh, more not this is more knowledge you have than I have. All I'm saying is I just remember That's not true. Feeling. I don't have more knowledge. I'm just asking a question. Okay. <laughs> well, I have, I remember how united 
we as a people were for for yeah, we, 9-11 was powerful powerful yeah and how you felt that american pride yeah pride yeah you were you know for the for it, it just you know i look now and i'm like how, how have we lost you know there's no atheist in a foxhole you know you hear these sayings but at this point we're like where where are we going what I, I, i'm not a super religious guy by any means i'm really not but i i do think god or jesus right and i'm not talking about you know catholic stuff but i, I think it drives a, a moral and ethics track and you know I, i'm not coming to anybody that wants to switch their gender or, or, or be gay or not because i have many gay friends and you know, I just, I just think that we lost our way from a standpoint of, like, who we are as people. And now it's, like, become every person that has a victim card, we got to anoint them. And I, 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 if I, if I have to be honest and direct, uh, that's all I know how to be, I think that's all bullshit. Uh, I'm not here to hold your hand. I'm not here for a sympathy. The world's more complex than that. It's more strategic than that. China doesn't give a shit if you're a girl or a boy. China doesn't give a shit if their kid goes on social media and your kid's only wound up in social media and he's only wound up in, you know, you know, someone I know very closely has a kid that identifies as a cat in the school system. Went from a girl to a boy or a boy to a girl whatever, and now identifies as a cat. Like, dude, where, like. You know, I, I don't know how to even comment. Biden. Listen, I'm I'm a, I'm a science background guy. There's penises and so vaginas. Vaginas. Yeah. Okay. That's what I know. Okay. How do you identify that your six-year-old son is is transsexual at six years old? I. I don't think you because can. Because. I. That my whole point is, you know, what's what's driving it. What's driving it? Why? Why? Mm -hmm. I ask. You know, I feel like I'm the, I feel like I'm your son. Just learning how to talk. My first, why? I'm asking why more at 52 years of age. Why? 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 The questioning is good, though. We're at least not oblivious to it. There's, there's something out there that's making us wake up to it and saying, what the hell's going on here? Like I always say. If you're lying on the operating table and you need a pint of blood or two or three, you're not worried about where it's coming from. Trust me. Yeah. So what's it matter? For me, I, I don't, I don't like the, the politicizing of, you know, I look at Biden's administration. This, I think she's the health director or whatever she is. Or he is, was it a man then turned to a woman or vice versa? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. But uh, it's not what it was born as. And um, that's political bullshit. It's political bullshit. It, it, it is. And Biden's shit in his pants. He, he doesn't know where he is. The guy can't get the next word out of his mouth properly. Not that I'm the best speaker ever, but 
I mean, this guy is obviously old or whatever other ailments he has, and we're sitting here anointing this guy. Like, fuck him. He, he's not the best thing for our country. Why? Because you hated the last guy who was too direct and he didn't give a shit about your emotions? I'm not here to talk about emotions. I'm here to tell people. This show is about showing the young guy who grew up on the farm, who raised beagles and chased down chickens and whatever else you did in your life that's having this success. You could do it. Greg did it. I don't want to hear your fucking excuses. I don't so, want to talk about your emotions. So, all well and good. To circle back. Jen talks about circling back. Human, human beings. We're all human beings. And, you but the know. the humans have gone, like, extreme. Like, my wife's been a teacher for a long time. Like, the craziness she has seen over the last three, four, five years is just yeah. outrageous. And what's, what's, what is stirring that pot? Russia, China. It's local. It's media. Local, too. It's local media. It's, listen. It's not local. It's national media, too. Back when... You can't tell me that all those riots prior to the 2020 election wasn't paid for. Oh, come on. I agree with you. Yeah. What, what happened after the election? They just stopped. Yeah. We didn't hear one word about it. Trump created so, an insurrection. So, so wait. When we invaded Afghanistan after 9-11... And Iraq. And Iraq, Benjamin Netanyahu came on a Sunday program. Just happened to just be moving around, the, surfing the channels. And he said something that I've always remembered, which was, we shouldn't be dropping bombs in Afghanistan, Iran, whichever country it was at the time. We should be dropping TVs, he said. Now, this is way back in... So he dropped TVs in Palestine? You should. I don't think he's dropping TVs. The point is, <laughs> let the media coerce the minds of the world. And that's what it's done. There's nothing. There's. I, I, think, it's, I, I think it's slowly moving away from that. Platforms like this. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan has debunked, like, vaccines, has debunked. Not that vaccines don't work, right? You're a doctor. I'm sure you advocate for them. But. No, I'm gonna, since you mentioned it, I'm going to say it. I refuse to call it a vaccine. And it's, it's, what's the terminology? It's, it's a shot. Yeah. Well, it's a shot, but it's, it's not a, a technical vaccine. It's, it's a study that's been around for 25 plus years that they never approved because it was unsafe. It bothers me tremendously that it's called a vaccine. Why? Because it's not efficacy equivalent to the definition of a vaccine. Look up the definition of a vaccine and see if that, that applies. It doesn't. So I'm putting you on the spot, but that's what Ryan does. Have you got the vaccine? I do. I had to. Because of your job? Because of my job. Or else... How do you feel about that? Because the government just came out and said that most hospital workers are... That's unconstitutional. I like to travel, Ryan. My job forced me to do it. If I had the choice, I wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah, I get it. I'm being honest. Yeah, I get if it. I had a, if I had a daughter of childbearing years. Well, New York City just said 5 to 11, hey, don't come to a play. Don't come to New York City restaurants. You're not allowed. Extremism. I was That's telling, extremism. Listen, I was telling Evan earlier, 
back in March of 2020. We're home, we're locked down. My wife and I are watching TV. Three experts come on TV. Three experts say three different things. My wife, who's a nurse practitioner, is like, this is, what, did you hear what? And I said, shut it off. Shut it off. Yeah. It's creating fear. Yeah. There's nothing, if, listen, there's people who come to me. I work them up as a patient. Everything comes back normal. What do I tell them? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah, go to the next guy. I don't have the answer. I'm not going to say something that's not right. Or generalize it. Or or generalize it or whatever. These are our experts that we have to lean to for answers. But it's okay to say, I don't know. Even though you're the expert, whatever that field may be. Did Fauci ever say that? Fauci say what? I don't know. There are certain things I didn't agree with that Fauci said. I'm I will tell you that. Has, has he ever said, I don't know? I, I didn't no, he, I, 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 to, to, to be honest, I don't know. But some of the things that he was saying in the beginning did not make sense. Mm-hmm. If you mask, don't, no mask. If you don't know, you should say you don't know. Yeah. What's wrong with that? And I even get it. You're, even if you're the expert. You're in a position of power. Right. People are watching you. But right. that was media hyped, in my opinion. It was media hyped to, to create things that have now snowballed. But like, you can't kill the American people. No. You can't kill the American spirit. Humanity may be. Listen, it's the greatest country we live in. It's the greatest country in the world. In the world. The greatest country we're in. The greatest country in the world. Hands down. Why does everyone want to come here? Yeah, we may have our downtimes. Relationships have their downtimes. Business has their downtimes. Listen, my grandfather came came over by boat through Ellis Island from Italy, and here we are today, killing it. Yeah, it's an the best opportunity in the world. We had a gentleman who came came into the shop. He was from from another country. Don't want to name it, but he's like, can't talk back against the government. Talk back against the government. That's the Chinese government. He's like, you'll, you'll have problems. He says, you either, you, you, you live with a blind eye. Exactly what he said. I'm going to get so big, the communist Chinese party's going to come for me because I think they're a bunch of fucking dirtbags. Controlling their people, controlling their minds. Listen, I don't think your kid should be on social media, but you also shouldn't not have your kid on the internet because you're putting them to a disadvantage. Look at this thing. Who knows where this can go? I mean, this is an advantage. I'm in America. I can talk about what I want. I mean, maybe the FBI shows up tomorrow. Maybe the IRS shows up tomorrow and they want to audit me or whatever it is. But I'm at least allowed to say it. Can't say it in other countries. Jack Ma went missing in China. I wish I could comment. I can't because I don't have conventional TV. I don't watch media. I read what I read when it comes over my phone that I choose to read. I don't, I think, I think the influence of media upon individuals in this country is absolutely positively no good. Podcasts, Joe Rogan, people who think differently on the same podcast who like each other, who are good humans, who love each other, believe in American pride, freedom. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna fix itself. I hope. 
It's going to. I hope. I I hope. I hope that I'll they, be a part of it. It's going to fix it. I hope that big business, big business is not a, it's not good for anybody. Okay. <laughs> it's really not. Not any country, not maybe the CEO benefits. Amazon, greatest convenience in the world. But what's that done to mom and pop? What's that done to brick and mortar? What's that done to our small towns? I think it's told them to level up their fucking game. Level up their game. You can do what Amazon's doing on a local level. Come to e-com locally. Create the proper funnels. Create the proper ads in a concentrated area and where you live and where your business is located. Level up. I'm not scared of Amazon. Not one bit. They're not coming out with financial planning anytime soon. I, I, I you know, Jeff Banos, I think he's a tool, but I'm unafraid of that guy. I'd love to have the conversation with him, tell him why he's a loser. Why don't you invite him to a fireside chat? He's uninvited. He's not invited. He's not invited. <laughs> I wouldn't have him on. I'd have Elon on. Yeah, I would. I'd like to sit in that one. I think that we can all level up. We can all we can all copycat what they're doing. They're giving you the blueprint. Just do it. But people are scared to go all in. Go all in. I I, I I'm unafraid to tell you my my personal thing. I can take my personal checking. I'm I'm talking checking, not my savings. I personally checking the 200 grand down to zero. 200 grand down to zero because I'm, uh, I'm just investing. You think Evan's cheap? The editing here is cheap? I'm chasing. I'm, I'm chasing what they're doing. I'm following their blueprints I, and using it against them. Listen, I think... It's snowing, by the way. Yeah. It is snowing. This is wonderful. This is, yeah. You look cold. Nah, man. I'm actually <laughs> warm, believe it or not. I'm eternally That's a great hot. sweatshirt. Let's, let's, let's shout that out. What is that sweatshirt? American Giant. 100% um, American made. Google it. They're not inexpensive. You have a good connector? I'm going to get some WCC no, sweatshirts. No, it doesn't. It's, it's, I tried to wholesale for the shop, and they wouldn't wholesale to me. I told them, I said, I believe 100% in what you guys are doing. I said, I would love to have. I have, I have guys, construction guys, who come into the shop who are like, that's an awesome sweatshirt. They pick it up. They're like, it oh, my God. It looks comfy gosh. as hell. Warm beyond warm. I, American Giant, you rock it. You know. We got to tag them in the YouTube. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is a great, great, crazy, great product. 100% American made. From the cotton to the spinning to the weaving to the end product. Unbelievable. Um, Greg, you've, you've killed it. You've been a sport. You've entertained me in my wild conversation. Good, man. I hope I rank up there in like a couple of the... You're good. We're, we're, we're creating some SEO. This has been a beta test up to episode 10, and now, <laughs> we're, now, we're, now we're looking to launch it to the next level. Listen, I'm going home, and I'm going to YouTube, and I want to... What is it? Fireside Chat? Fireside America on YouTube. Fireside Instagram America. Instagram has all the, the links to... Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not linked to any 
social media that's platform. That's unfortunate, but yeah, but we're we're gonna tag you know Port yeah. Roaster Coffee and everything. Please, we'll we'll and forward share it, it on. and forward yeah. it on. I have two questions that I ask everybody that comes on the show. Sure. My first question is, where do you see Port Roasters Coffee, your real estate, your practice going? To keep it simple, I'm going to keep it local. I think it's important that you stay within your parameters, you stick by your community, your local communities, you never forget where you came from, you make sure your people, your process and product are the best. Are the best. And I had an opportunity recently to speak to uh, a professor at Harvard Business School. And he shared story after story about expansion. And it's not always successful. Never. The odds are not in your favor. Yeah. I'm happy where I am. Small I'm bites. I'm happy with what we've created. I'm proud of my wife and what she has done and what Port Coffee has become. I'm honored to be here sitting and having this conversation. I hope you're honored. Yeah. We'd love to have you. We should have Grace too. I, yeah. I, I literally thought about it last minute. I, I should have invited you guys as a couple. That was that was actually wrong on my behalf. I didn't <laughs> even think. You and I are always I don't know if this is going to be edited shop. or not, but it was kind of like a last minute thing. Yeah, yeah. You came in the other day. And I, like, I always planned to have you on. But you did. Today was a, a, was a uh, we, Evan's going away. He's in love. He's going to see his, his girl tomorrow. Hey, God bless you. We had to, we had to switch it up. Yeah, so... Um, I am sure Grace, Grace is a great. The next time. Interviewer. Great interviewer. Yeah. Um, the second question. Second question is, I want you to spotlight two local businesses that you love on and, and, and quickly or as long as you want to take of why you love them. Okay. I'm going to say Last Wave Brewery. I think just like Malin and Joe from Divi Tree. They took a big risk. Not They didn't have a lot of money to their name. Took a big risk. And I think their business is thriving. Um, I think they've um, met their business goals very quickly. Their expansion is amazing. So I would like you to have a fireside chat with uh, Bert and Nick. Bert and Nick, is that the owners? They're the owners. My uh, wife Bert, and I. Wait, wait. Let me. Sorry, I don't mean to not include you, Danny. Danny's Bert's wife. Bert, Nick, and Danny. Put that out there. Um, I think they would be great, great. We're gonna have them all on. Yeah. As long as they're willing to come. And the other one that I think you should have is Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones. He's gonna. He's coming. <laughs> okay. Bobby I think, and I have talked about it. He's okay. He's, he's so charismatic. He's an electric guy. The mortgage practice to selling it to a bank and what he's done is tremendous. Yeah, and uh, what a great guy. I mean, uh, if they didn't know the relationships I had in, in Spring Lake and there was an event that came up and he was like, "Hey, we should go together." And 
I was like, Bobby, you know, I'm a little nervous to go by myself with all the wealthiest people. I, I, I really wasn't, but I just wanted Bobby to come. And, you know, he was right there like, hey, let's go, let's go tackle them together. Let's go say hi. Listen, anybody, who's, guy. anybody who's six foot five, 220 pounds, he's lost weight. Yeah, yeah. He's probably 218 now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he's not drinking. Love you, buddy. I think him sitting here with you would be yeah it's gonna go off that's viral yeah that's we're, viral. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about the, the two personalities what do you think state police <laughs> two personalities yeah. Yeah. i just told you about the state police thing uh, yeah oh yeah we're, two personalities dana perino's gonna get wrapped dana, up. right <laughs> so so two personalities that are unafraid oh boy uh yeah so they're the two people that i would recommend that's awesome so. well greg thanks for coming on next time we gotta have grace grace i'm sorry Last minute, I was in a I was in a jam. Greg's a great guy. I've already had you guys on the docket. Thank you for coming on. Thank Absol you for your time. Um, and you're killing it. And I will continue to support, you know, Port Roasters. You guys do a great job. We appreciate um, that, and we appreciate you having the opportunity to come here and, uh, you know, truthfully be honest of how we've started this whole project and where we're going and thoughts on the world and local economy and uh we're grateful we're truly humbled and we're truly grateful and you know hats off to you you guys are doing a good job thank, thank you. you it's a wrap